Good morning, my Three Crosses family. Ah, it's good to be here. Welcome, welcome. So this is a Mission Sunday, and you know what? There is no greater phrase to describe what God is doing around the world than this. God is on the what? He's on the move. He really is. And uh, I could say it another way by saying it this way. We are witnessing the greatest turning to Jesus in the history of the world. Every day, 82,000 people trust Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord around the world. Every week, there are 3,500 churches that are birthed around the world. And why is this happening? Because God is on the move. Oftentimes, you don't hear about anything I'm going to be sharing with you this morning through our Western media because they don't report what God's doing. But you're going to hear something that I think will amaze you and encourage you this morning. Why is God doing this? Because Jesus made a promise. He said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And the church he's speaking about are his people. He's talking about building people born again by the Spirit of the Lord all over this world. Jesus also put it this way. In Matthew 24, 14, he said, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached into the whole world as a testimony to the nations, the nations, and then the end will come. And the gospel is going out now to all the nations of the world. There are 238 nations on our planet. The gospel is going there in power. And you need to understand, we are living in the last days, beloved. We really are. Now, if you're new to our church, uh, I want to take a moment and just kind of introduce you to what our church family knows about our global missions program. So at Three Crosses, we support 600 indigenous, that means uh, native to their country, missionaries, evangelists, pastors, uh, church planners, men and women in 14 different countries around the world. In each of these countries are Christians greatly persecuted. But it's also in these countries where we are seeing the greatest turning to Jesus happen in the history of the world. See, we believe in going where God is at work, and so we support these missionaries here in these countries where God is at work. And I need to share with you something. In these countries where we are seeing thousands and tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands come to Christ, which I'm going to tell you stories about that this morning, this church is right there. We are right in the midst of that. And I'm going to share with you how this morning. You know, uh, before I kind of get to that, though, I want to kind of just launch into what is going to be our key verse for the morning. And it's this. And you're going to notice this is a command. This is what God wants us to do this morning. It's in Habakkuk 1, verse 5. And it says, look at the nations, God is speaking. He says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Now, this is a prophecy back in Habakkuk's time. I don't have time to explain that. But that prophecy came true. But there's always a ripple effect of prophecies in the Old Testament. And especially is this the case in this prophecy. You see, there comes a point in our lives where it's very important, God is exhorting us here, to there needs to come a time when you take your eyes off yourself. <laughs> take your eyes off your problems. Even your nation, you can take a break from the politics in the United States. Doesn't that feel good? And get your eyes on the nations, the other 237 nations outside the United States, and be amazed at what God is doing. This is very important for us to do as Christians. You see, if you have a, a, a small God, you're going to have big problems. But if you have a big God, you're going to have small problems. 
And when you begin to get your eyes on the nations and you see what God is doing, your view of God is just going to explode. And this morning, you're not even going to have the mind to contain the things we're going to talk about because God is so much bigger than what we can contain. And and, and all that we're going to hear this morning is going to help us with perspective about our own life. And God, believe me, has a message for you. He has a message for me, and it's going to be great. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take you on a journey. We're going with five stories from five different countries highlighting how God's on the move. Now, the number one thing I hear when I travel and then I come back and you see me is I often tell some of you stories. You're like, Mark, I just would you just please take a Sunday and just tell us stories about all of the countries and the missionaries that we're supporting so you're going to get it today. I'm just going to unload story after story on you, okay? All right, there's one of you very excited about this. Okay. <laughs> So strap on your seatbelts, and let's begin with a real tender story of God's love for just one person, Thailand. Thailand is a predominantly Buddhist country. I've been there many times. And, but oh, how God loves each and every person in Thailand. Did you get that John 3.16 coin when you came in? Take it out right now if you've got one. If not, our ushers will give you one on your way out. Just take it out and hold it as I tell the story. A few years ago, I was on a trip to the jungles of Thailand to go preach the gospel, encourage our partners. I'm in the back of a pickup truck, and we have thousands of these coins. And we're making our way into the jungle area, and we're passing up all these kids, and my heart's going out for these kids because I'm like, they've never heard of Jesus, and we got the idea, well, let's just start throwing coins out as we go along. They'd hit the street, you know, make a noise, and kids would run after them, pick them up, and I'm sure they thought, man, Americans really are rich, you know. (laughs) But they, they get the gospel. Now, fast forward a year. A year later, I get an email, and the pastor begins the email by saying, you won't believe what happened. This pastor is from Thailand. This is a picture of Ko. He's the most revered Buddhist monk in that area where we were traveling. Ko, he was literally worshipped as a god from birth. Most revered Buddhist monk. He got married. His son got sick. He tried every Buddhist prayer to pray for his son's healing. His son died. He doubted his gods. He was so discouraged, he went to the river to commit suicide. And as he's walking down that river, he sees something shiny come up from the brush. Guess what he saw? One of these coins. He reaches down, he picks up the coin, and for the first time in his life, he reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And he thinks to himself, this is the Christian God. This is about Jesus. And he goes, you know, I know there's a church. There's only one church in this area, and that's the church this church built. And he walked all the way to that church, and he went up to that pastor that I've been friends with, I don't know, 20 years. His name's Baoji. And Baoji led that man to Christ. Here's a picture of Ko today. Ko is now one of the pastors that we support in Thailand. He is preaching the gospel all over Thailand. Now, just listen to this. In the last three months with Ko and just his small group of pastors, last three months, 1,036 people have been saved. 236 people have been baptized. Let me tell you, God is on the move, and I love this scripture. The Lord is, Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. I just, I love this story. 
Because it shows a God who's on the move throughout the nations and, and he sees people who are brokenhearted at the lowest point in their life and he intervenes and that may be you this morning. You may have just barely made it to this service. You are dealing with issues in your life. I want you to know and you're broken and God just loves you so much and he's going to meet you this morning and he wants to touch you and he wants to transform you and he wants to send you. Why? Because our God is on the move. This is what he does. Let me take you to Vietnam. Country in Southeast Asia. About a year and a half ago, I asked Pastor Tan, who's on the far right there, I said, Tan, he travels back and forth to Vietnam constantly training the pastors we support. And I said, who's the most faith-filled Vietnamese pastor you know right now? And he said, well, there's this guy named Daniel. He lives in North Vietnam. Uh, he's kind of trying to reach this unreached people group. They have no support, but there's a movement that started. He comes to some of my trainings and tells me a little bit about it. I said, that's the guy I want to meet. Let's meet him. And Tan said, I don't think we can meet him. I don't think you can because no one's ever visited him. Mark, he lives so far up. I've never even been there, and I'm Vietnamese. And I said, well, just ask Daniel if it would be, po would be possible. So Daniel emailed Tan back and said, you know, no white person has ever been to our area. You're welcome to come, but you must come between Christmas and New Year's because during that time, the communist police and the informants, they're all partying, they're kind of drunk, and that would be a good time to come. <laughs> and so and he says, and also you need to travel at night. And by the way, from Hanoi, it's a seven-hour van drive, and then it's a three-hour motorcycle drive on the back of one of our expert motorcycles because we have no roads. You're going to go through trails to get there. And one other thing, you can only bring two white boys. And I said, perfect, that's my kind of trip. So me, my son James, and Tan, our translator, make the trip. Last Christmas, I was on an airplane heading to Vietnam. We roll out of our seven-hour van ride at this agreed-upon location. That's a picture. And we're in total camouflage rain gear, so no one could see we're white. And uh, we take this three-hour motorcycle ride. And our plan was to be with the Sanche. And Pastor Daniel for 24 hours and be undetected by the communist police and informants. And I think this is a little bit of a video, just so you get a feel for our ride as we're heading up thousands of feet into the mountains. This is the beginning of that trip. This is the picture of us the next day. This is our riding posse. Right? <laughs> Daniel's story is incredible. Picture 200,000 people, the Sanche, they worship demons. There's not one Christian, no church, not one believer. At 17 years of age, through a shortwave radio, he hears the name Jesus, and the Holy Spirit draws Daniel to himself. Daniel's thinking, the only people I know who know about Jesus are the Yao tribe, but they are two days walk away. Daniel walks two days, goes up to the chief, the tribe, help me become a Christian. They say, get out of here. It's illegal for us to do that. We can't proselytize in Vietnam. You can't do that to this day. Daniel, discouraged, goes home. But he's still, the Lord is drawing him, so he takes another two-day walk. Please help me become a Christian. Get out of here. On his way out, he meets this brand-new Christian who's a drug addict. He just became a Christian. He's still struggling with drugs. And this young man says, I tell you what, Daniel, if you give me money, I'll help you become a Christian. Two days walk. I don't know, comes back with $7, I believe, and gives it to this guy. And the guy goes, okay, this is how you become a Christian. Renounce ancestor worship and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Daniel did, and Daniel was born again. That's all it took. 
Daniel, at age 17, became the first Christian of the Sanchez. Daniel walks back home. His parents are both bedridden. They've been in beds. They worship demons here. Demons confine you. And they've been in bed for two years. Daniel shares with them the gospel, and they are both healed instantly. Both parents get up. They're walking around. The community can't believe what's happening. They come, and they're learning about this Jesus. Daniel's preaching the gospel, and one week, 700 people turn to Christ. The police hear about this. They come in, and they threaten to throw all of those new Christians into the ocean. They take Daniel, 17 years of old, and they beat him. They take him off to prison for three days. But his parents are healed now, and they take up an offering. And they go post bail and all that. Daniel comes out. Daniel becomes their pastor at age 17. For the years to come, this group of people will be greatly persecuted. But since that time, Daniel, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he starts 27 churches without any support. And I'm talking to him, and I'm just asking him, Daniel, has anyone ever supported you? He's like, no. He goes, as a matter of fact, you're our first guest we've ever had. For 10 years, our church has prayed for support because these pastors of mine, they have to work one or two jobs. They make one or two dollars a day. They don't have time to preach and go out. And I'm like, Daniel, you ought to see how awesome my church is. And now you know Three Crosses, you're supporting those 27 church planners. And in just the last three months, 182 have been saved. Furthermore, they had no Bible. There's no Jesus film in this area. They had no Bible, but Daniel and his co-pastors, they translated the entire New Testament into the Sanche language. And you're looking right there at the first copy in history of the Sanche New Testament. So I want to say thank you, Three Crosses, for providing hundreds of copies of that New Testament for the Sanche. See, there's so many things you are always doing that I just don't have time to always tell you what you're doing. <laughs> but you're getting it now. When you give to our missions, it goes to all this. Can you imagine reading the Bible for the first time in your own language? You know, I asked Daniel, I said, Daniel, what's the greatest miracle you've ever experienced? And he said, well, it's my house. He said, Pastor Mark, I used to live in a bamboo hut. There's bamboo huts everywhere in this area. And he said, I prayed, God, give me a house so I can train church planters. The Lord put on Daniel's heart to go pan for gold. Everyone thought he was nuts. Daniel went to pan for gold for the first time, and he found a 10-ounce nugget worth (laughs) $18,000. God is on the move, right? Some of you are like, where can I go pan for gold? No. (laughs) He used all that money to buy this house, but it's not a house. I slept in that house. That house is a church planting factory. You ought to see how it's built with a room to train and This is the passion of the church planners that you, my church family, are supporting all over the world. Guys like this, this is how God is on the move. He is answering prayer, and he's in saving entire people groups. There are still many people groups in our world today that have never heard the name of Jesus, but the Lord is knocking them off one by one. He's calling Daniels. And you're right there. I love this verse, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. As God brought you to remind you, he is on the move and he wants to answer your prayers. He wants to do a miracle in your life. Take you to India. 
Wow, God is doing incredible things in India. And many of you, you support our over 100 indigenous church planters that serve in India. And uh, let me ask you a question. What were you doing uh, the last week of May? Try to think about that. Last week of May, our partner in India, his, his name's MK. One day he's going to preach in this pulpit. You'll meet him. But he challenged his people to come together and sacrifice one week of their lives to take the gospel door-to-door in India. He said, give up working for one week and go out and share the gospel. I will train you. I'll give you the materials. And guess how many people showed up? 75,000 Christians showed up to go door-to-door in India. Three Crosses, you helped big time with this outreach event. If a picture is worth 1,000 words, a video is worth 10,000. This is the video MK sent to you, this church, thanking you for your involvement in Global Outreach Week. Crosses Church, thank you so much for your prayer and for your great support. You know, these are the work that have been happening uh, through Global Outreach Week. And all these workers, they went out and they did tremendous work even in the hard sun. And God has blessed us. You know, we are looking forward to plant over 5,000 house churches through these results. And we are positive, we are working hard, and we need your prayer and support. <laughs> I just want to thank you, church family. I mean, you guys provided 1.2 million Jesus tracks. Did you catch that? 300,000 people came to Christ in a week. What is Castro Valley? 50, 60,000? Like six times, six Castro Valleys come to Christ in one week? That's what God is doing. Our God is so big and he's so awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's just, wow, it's crazy. You know, and I don't know if you realize this, but this church is known all over the world. Uh, you know, it's not like we do this and we're not boasting. I just want you to know that you give so much hope and so much support. People all over the world, nations, they know about this church. They thank God for you. Thank you. He's on the move, saving hundreds of thousands in India. And he's doing so much more in India. I want to take you to Cuba. We're all building toward this moment. We've saved the best for last. Pastor Larry and I, we've been to Cuba, I don't know how many times. I've been to Cuba 15 times. And uh, these are some of the pastors we support. Since 1995, for the last 23 years, we have supported every month 200 Cuban pastors. In 1995, there were 1,300 house churches in Cuba. Today, there are 27,000 house churches in Cuba. Now, as exciting as that is, for Cuba, I want to tell a totally different story. I want to talk about the miracle of what God has done through the vision of one man 
who used to sit right here where you are seated now, and what God has done through the vision of my dear friend, Doug Foxworthy. And I tell you this story because I think it's very easy to be in a service like this and to think, God only does these great things over there, Pastor Mark. God can't use me like that. Yes, God can use you like that if you become the right you, like Pastor Danny was talking about last Sunday. If you become the right you, totally submitted to the Holy Spirit, willing to follow the Holy Spirit, and then guess what? It all begins by you capturing the vision, the dream that God has for your life. Do you know that God has a vision, a dream for your life? And when you capture that, and you live it out in the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, life comes unglued, and the Christian life is exciting, and this is a tribute to all of that. We're going to show you a video right now that I think will really speak. Doug grew up in a baseball family. All of his brothers played baseball. So when Doug had his own children, we have two boys, Austin and Landon, he was so excited to be able to be a part of their baseball experience. He loved it. He coached. He'd just take me to my practices all the time, and he always volunteered to help. Waking us up, doing push-ups, eating protein shakes, and like we got in the word. I remember just like always doing a Proverbs with them, and like, you know, now it's like, man, he was the man. And at that time, it was like, Dad, it's so early in the morning, but he was like so uh, super disciplined, like a goal setter though, like we're gonna do this, and like love driving us to school, and like affirmation. Yeah, give, yeah, give it <laughs> affirmation all the time, and just like wanted to be with us. In 2003, Doug had the opportunity to go to uh, Cuba through a missions ministry trip through Three Crosses Church. Their whole goal was to open home churches there. He was just excited to go just to see what God had in store with that. Um, and I think just with that act of obedience uh, that maybe God put on his heart, um, there was a dream that was really kind of formed there. When they arrived, the guys were playing uh, ball in uh, in a field one day and I don't know if it was an overthrow if it was a home run or what it was but the ball landed in a schoolyard and uh, and Doug ran out there to go get the ball the children and the um, the teacher came out into the into the courtyard and they just looked at the ball in awe and they they were ready to give it back and he just goes oh no you can go ahead and keep the ball and they were like Elated. They were so excited. We, we heard from one of the pastors that the children played stickball and the balls were made of rubber bands. And then they just played with a stick, but they didn't have any athletic equipment. And he came home a different person. In 2005, uh, Doug was diagnosed with, um, with stage four uh, colon cancer. We really had a serious fight on our hands. His faith was beyond compare. He just said, we're gonna just move forward and with God's grace, we were just gonna take care of business. And, uh, and we did. You know, his actions didn't really skip a beat. It was a goal of Doug's to go back to Cuba bring six bags of athletic equipment and start six baseball teams to start a baseball ministry. When Doug returned to Cuba, distributed the bags and got so excited 
about about the teams, about the people, and just said, I'm going to do better than this. We're going to start 600 teams. We want to start, if we can, six teams in this, in this area to uh, see kids uh, develop a skill, develop confidence, and come to know Christ. That's what we're trying to do. And I'm looking forward to someday that we'd have 600 teams in Cuba. 2010, uh, where my dad, you know, um, uh, passed away, actually in this kind of room here. And we all surrounded him, and we're just kind of like, hey, like, we're here. Frustration with God on his deathbed, really, just like, I'm frustrated that you are not going to use me. But like, God's plan through that uh, was like, no, like, you just wait, like, I'm, I'm using you. Doug wasn't able to return to Cuba due to his illness and to, to see what wonderful things have happened in Cuba. And God has just blessed that ministry in so many ways. And, uh, and I just, it still warms my heart to know that what Doug's vision was and his goals and to, to have this ministry just explode in Cuba. Somebody else's deliverance is on the other side of your obedience. And I think that was something that just the small actions of my dad just powering through, and there's thousands of people's lives are changed. Doug's ministry, it's ongoing. Thousands of youth are continuing to come know Christ as Savior and Lord. Because of Doug's stated vision, he went public. Can I just share with you a principle? Maybe you've never thought about this before. It's a biblical principle for your heart. God is on the move blessing a gospel vision that brings him glory. You see, God wants to use you. He wants to do a miracle through you. Use you to bring Salvation to others. Question, have you developed a personal gospel vision that brings God glory? Doug's vision was very clear. He stated it. To start 600 baseball teams in Cuba, to reach thousands of youth for Christ, and he went public with his vision. What is your gospel vision? What does God want to birth in you? You say, is it biblical to develop a personal gospel vision, Mark? Well, listen to what God says. Psalm 2.8, ask of me, God says. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. God is inviting you this morning to ask him for a gospel vision. God is calling you to develop a gospel vision for your, for your family, your son or your daughter, your neighborhood, your friends, your workplace, Another country in the world, God is on the move, blessing a gospel vision that brings him glory. So much more could be said on that, but I need to bring you back to our main point, and it's this. God is on the move. Hallelujah. He is. I mean, he's on the move in, in Thailand and in Vietnam and in India and Ethiopia and Cuba. We haven't even talked about the other nine countries that we support, but please catch this. God is on the move here in Castor Valley. Listen closely to our key scripture this morning. 
Habakkuk 1.5, look at the nations and watch. This is what God says. And be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days. I want to do something in your days, in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. That would amaze you. That's what God says. Why? Because this is who God is. He's bigger than what you could ever imagine. He is on the move. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same there, same here. He's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a boy, a girl who will believe him, who will take that vision and articulate it. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to raise up in you a gospel vision for your family, your community, your world. This is what he does through his people. He's on the move. That is not the question. The question is this. Are you and I moving with God? God is on the move. Are you and I moving with God? You know, the story is told about a farmer and his wife, and they're driving down the road, and they've been married for years, and then they're in their pickup truck, you know, and they pull up to the stoplight and behind another truck, and they see this younger couple in that truck, and they're, 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 they're like two peas in a pod, you know, so close to each other, two heads, and they're so in love. And the wife finally speaks up and she says, remember when we used to be like that? We used to be so close. And then the husband finally speaks up and he says, I haven't moved. You know, I think God is saying to all of us this morning, I love you. I haven't moved. You know, I, I don't know all that's going on in your life. But I believe the answer is that you and I would move with God. Not apart from God, not behind God, not in front of God, not away from God, but that we would move with God, in stride with God. God is on the move, and he wants to do something in your days that will amaze you because this is who God is. He amazes us. Let us ever be a church. Let us ever be followers of Christ at three crosses who move with the living God. Amen? Let's pray.